Good morning, good afternoon, good night. It's Xavi. If you know me, I'm happy you're here. If you don't, I converted a moving truck into a tiny home amidst the pandemic, gave up my place, and hit the road. Starting in Vancouver, I drove to Miami and realized that there was too much adventure not to share. So to fill you in on my journey, the Play On Foundation presents the Two Degrees Podcast. Why two degrees? Because I'm now a snowbird and escaping two degree weather. I built the truck wrong and the majority of the weight is on the passenger side, so we're tilted at two degrees. But also, I'm going to catch up with industry professionals who I'm glad to call friends and bring you two degrees of separation away from them and what they do. So, welcome to the Two Degrees Podcast, brought to you by the Playon Foundation for Neurological Research and Brain Aneurysm Detection and Prevention. To learn more about the Playon Foundation, check out www.letsplayon.org. But for now, enjoy the show. But first, a quick word. Do you like mangoes? <laughs> of course you do. And if you don't, well, I'm sure there's a high chance you might know someone who does. Well, the Two Degrees Podcast is sponsored by Peeled Fruit. No, not just random fruit that's been peeled, but the children's book about a mother's love language of peeling mango for her baby. Available for delivery on bookbaby.com, bookshop.org, Barnes & Noble, Powell's, and Amazon, just to name a few of the retailers. It even ships worldwide. Check out at Peeled Fruit Book on Instagram for more information on how to get your copy of this heartwarming story. Peeled Fruit, illustrated by Rhoda Domingo. All right, welcome everybody to the Two Degrees Podcast, brought to you by the Play On Foundation. And today I have the lovely pleasure of introducing to you one of my friends who happens to also be in the acting industry and with that she's also broken into the writing and directing as I'm looking forward to talking to her about her short because there's a little kerfuffle that happened with that and she was able to get it back and I think it's a very important piece and I can't wait to dive into that but everybody Kareen Burkett hey hi (laughs) how you doing like 10 octave levels I'm doing well I'm yeah I, I don't know if you can hear, I live right by a busy intersection, so fast and the fierce going on outside, but um, I'm doing well, happy mm. that it's Friday, and yeah. Yeah, my, it is Friday. So what does that yeah, mean for you? I have the weekend off, I have no auditions to film, I don't have anything to do, but just relax. This is the first weekend where I've had nothing to do, so I'm very happy. Nice. Um, happy. You're in Vancouver, and I... I saw that it snowed in Vancouver. It did, but it wasn't a lot. Uh, I know that you're probably like, mm, I'm in Florida. I saw I saw your little Instagram. It wasn't that Currently bad. in Louisiana. We left Florida uh, oh. last week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love You have to go to, um, you have to try the beignets at the famous place. Yeah, we did that the other day. We were at oh, Cafe du Monde in New Orleans. Yes. Yeah. You've been? Oh. I have. I went in 2015, I believe. It was oh, amazing. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Love. Who who'd you go with? Oh, by myself. I've done, oh. done a lot of cool travel. Yeah, I went all through the South by myself. When you say all yeah. through the South, where? 
I went to Texas, I went to New Orleans, and I went to Atlanta and Florida. Did you drive or did no, you fly? I flew. Okay. I flew. Yeah. So yeah. And every okay, summer so I just We didn't do Atlanta. We're in Louisiana right you now. You need to go to Atlanta. I know, I know, I know. I have, I have if friends. If you're a foodie, Atlanta. you need to go to Atlanta. Atlanta really? has a Food. Yeah, uh, Texas really, but Atlanta had really good soul food. I was so blown away. So mm. good, so authentic. And everyone was really nice. I was a little bit nervous because, you know, the stealth can be a little bit, a little bit racist. Yeah. But um, I, I didn't have any problems. I had a great time. Everyone was okay. so nice. I just felt like I was in Canada. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't, see, I mean, I actually felt people were a little bit nicer, honestly. Hmm. I was thinking to do Atlanta, but then I looked at the weather, and by the time we got to the area, it was already getting cold. Oh, yeah. you're just trying to run away from it. You just got to embrace yeah. it. <laughs> no, no, hell no. That's why, that's, that was the purpose of this trip, was to get oh. away from cold. So How long will you be doing this trip for? Will it be a year or six months? Um. Well... I've officially been living in this for 141 days now. Damn. Yeah. And then we set out on this particular trip um, end of September. I want to say like September 24th or something. And we're in December now. So, yeah. Wow. Time has flown by. Yeah. So we figure out a lot of things about yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, just in terms of, of, I guess, settling into this place as, as I think I'd want to be in a place for longer than a couple days, hopefully. Cause right now, um, the objective is to make it to San Diego, um, for Christmas. So because there's that okay. objective, it's like there's there's that constant need to be moving. But after Christmas, then I think probably park it for a bit longer and enjoy the, the hot weather for what it is wherever we are. And yeah, but it's just that moving around. All the moving around is definitely it's definitely taxing. But hey, it's we're we're in different cities every day, and we're getting to experience the food, and which is also another thing where it's like I'm trying to be healthy. I got the sea moss, had some sea moss today. Hey, is Monique doing it too? Yeah. So yeah, there was, but we put Nutella in it this time. (laughs) Y'all are killing me! Oh my god! It's just there's a craving bit that's happening. So and it's like. Okay, cool. We had CMOS, but at the same time, we went and we had like roast beef sandwiches and shrimp and crawfish and stuff like that. So it's like. You only live once, though. I mean, you're traveling with your partner. I just feel like you can't, you just gotta, you know, and then Christmas time, maybe do a little purge. I think you're you're perfect. Yeah, that'll be fine. So enough about me. This is about you. Fill me in. What's what's going on in your end? Are you filming anything? Are you working on anything? Yeah. Actually, something big that I'm working on was inspired by you. So before you mm-hmm. had left to travel with your partner, your girlfriend, I don't know if you prefer partner or girlfriend. Um, partner works. Doesn't matter. 
Okay, yeah, before you went to travel with your partner, you would come by my house to pick up something. And we had a small conversation, but it impacted me a lot. And then that's going to unravel what's, okay. I'm just, what's happening. Okay. And you would ask me, like, what's next? And I said, oh, I'm mm-hmm. going to go back to Toronto. And you're like, why? You're just going to be starting over. And everyone I've told I'm going to go back to Toronto to, they're all like, yeah, good for you. Yeah, you're in Vancouver for five years. You did it. But then you were like, why not go to LA? And I was like, I don't know if I'm ready. And you're like, you, you're just like, try. And I was like, no one's ever told me that. Everyone who I ever talked to about career growth or going to LA, they're all like, oh, you gotta, you gotta get the call first. You gotta, it was always kind of like, I was told in more ways than one that I wasn't ready. And you're just like, just try it. And literally that night, I was like, what's the process to get my O-1 visa? And I looked it up. So I started working on it. Just I know it's going to take a little bit, but I started making a plan. And one of the requirements was to get written up in a uh, newspaper. I just did that. It just got published in the Toronto Caribbean newspaper. Wow. Um, so I, was, I was on the second page, which was a huge <laughs> deal. Um, so that happened. And then you need a, um, what do you call it? a letter recommendation from mm-hmm. two people in the industry. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the works of getting one from this awesome director who I worked with last year for a Hallmark Christmas movie. He actually brought me back again to Victoria. So he requested me through my agent. He's like, yeah, is she available? And I was like, wait, I'm getting requested? Nice. That's never happened before. So I'm gonna reach out to him and I'm working on going to LA. That's my main focus from now until September, 2022 is get to LA. And you and another person named Ben, you were both the people that were like, yeah, who said you can't? And I was hmm. like, yeah, who said I can't? <laughs> um, so I'm actually working on trying to get to LA. Obviously nice. I'm scared. I'm nervous. It's a big yeah. city. Everyone's super talented, but I just didn't believe in myself. And that hmm. little put, that little sentence you said, I was like, yeah, fuck, yeah. Just at least I could say I tried. Yeah. So I'm going to be trying to go i'm gonna go to la <laughs> nice congrats that's gonna be thank fun thank you thanks to you actually stop yeah it. stop no, it no i'm being so serious oh. i'm being so serious because like no this is it's it's you it's all you like you you always want to do it you've been working hard you've been keeping your nose down and and just focusing on the work so it's like just it's you own it i'm excited that's what i'm that's what i'm working on um as opposed to outside of that i'm writing a short story or short film it's a horror movie about two black girls and it's a home invasion so it's a horror slash comedy and i'm really excited because i was so sick of seeing black people get killed first Hmm. i'm like we don't even answer the door how are we dying like you know like so it's actually going to be a little bit realistic. It's going to be a little bit of a dark comedy and hmm. we're actually going to bring up race. And yeah, so I'm excited for that. I'm working on that with another actress named Celia Aloma. You might yeah. know her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Working on that together. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. I think nice. we're still in the writing phase. It's only going to be about 10 pages. We're okay. on 10 pages. Now we have to edit, but I'm excited for that. Nice. Okay. So, so it's going to be a short then. Yeah, it's going to be about 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. And then this is going to be your second production that you've written written and directed. uh, I'm not going to direct this, I don't believe. But yeah, this will be my second short film project. Nice. Now, Hopefully this one comes out. (laughs) I got to say to myself. (laughs) But like, okay, so with that though, so let's, let's, 
however deep you want to get into to mm-hmm. the details of what happened with your other one because I want to go as, as far as getting the entire story but you had this film and it was you wrote it I had helped write it but I didn't actually write it okay I co-wrote. you co-wrote it and you but like I had the understanding that this was your project like you, it was. It, so, you produced it mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. got it made and then it just didn't, the person who edited it, they, they and the held, director. and the director. He was the director and the editor. Like he had came on and said he was going to direct it, edit it, da da da. And he, honestly, he made, I don't know if I promise, he fucked okay. us over, man. That was like the worst, that was the worst experience I've had career-wise and life-wise. But you got it back. Mm-hmm. so now what's the steps with that is are you just going to leave it as is or are you going to put it out somewhere what's yeah it's a really good question um I actually just got it back maybe a couple months ago and it still has to be edited it still has to be color corrected and have to add a soundtrack and that costs money so the reason why mm-hmm. I ended up partnering with that guy that gentleman was because he was like he went to film school he did all of that he's like I'm gonna do that for you like I believe in your vision and he really sold me on him helping me and getting this project out. And then he backed out for his own personal reasons, which was so hurtful. Mm. Um, so now it's like, I have the project, I have all the raw footage, just getting it edited, getting it done. And that costs money. And yeah. I don't have the money right now to do that. So I'm just trying to think of a way if I can just maybe edit it scene by scene and then mm. pay it. I know an editor, pay mm-hmm. an editor by that. But yeah, that's, that's what's happened with that. That was... Yeah. I met this gentleman, we actually, really random, it's a film studio by where I live, uh, Fraser and Marine. We had met in that area, and I was actually studying a script. And he's like, oh, are you an actress? I'm like, oh, I am. I don't really talk to strangers either. So I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, well, I'm a, I'm a director, I'm a producer, I went to film school, like, I would love to connect with you. And I kind of got his number, and that was it. And I kind of, like, walked away, because I, it was Vancouver, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, happens all the like, time. Just like everyone's in film, right? So I was like, ah, whatever. And then he had actually messaged me and he said, you know, are you working on anything? And I said, actually, I'm working on this short film just about me being in Vancouver because moving from Toronto to Vancouver was a huge culture shock. I don't know if the viewers know this. There's a 1.5 black population, and I was always asked, no matter where I went, 1.5 percent in Vancouver is black. Mm-hmm. Wow, that. That seems very small. I had no idea it was that small. It's it's that small. It's wow. growing now. That number was taken in 2018, I believe. I'm sure it's grown now. Hmm. But at that time, it was 1.5%. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was, a, it was huge. It was a huge culture shock for me. I had faced a lot of microaggression. And but the whole thing was based on my hair. And yeah. he had come onto the project. He I told him what I wanted each scene to be. And he wrote the scenes quite beautifully and we went into production, we filmed, we brought on a whole uh, people or cast that were of color. They were either uh, Middle Eastern, Black or of um, South Asian descent. So it was just, it was really exciting. It was a really proud moment. And then we wrapped and I'm asking for the footage now. There's been no reply for months. I'm like, hey, are you editing? No reply. I'm messaging him on Facebook, Instagram, I'm text, I'm calling him, I'm doing everything. So finally, I called from a blocked number, and he picked up. 
And oh, I was wow. like, what is going on? Like, yeah. what? He didn't give me any information. Basically, he let me know. He was like, yeah, I didn't enjoy working with you. The team you brought on was horrible. You brought on a horrible DOP. And, and our DOP was and is amazing. And he just was saying all these things. I'm like, why didn't you say this when we were filming? We could have fixed it. And, you know, he said the PA that you brought on was horrible and da da da. Basically, he was like, I don't want my name attached to this project. Um, I'm not going to release it. And if you do want to back it, you have to pay me to sign this contract. It was such a horrible, I'm leaving some parts out. It was a horrible mm. experience. Um, and so then I started crying. I was like, oh shit, am I a bad actress? Like, because I was the main character in the movie. Hold so on, wait, up- but like, you. You had, a, like, there was a part, I, I saw it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he gave me one scene, but he wouldn't give me the rest of the movie. Oh, okay. So he was like, I'll show you what I did. And you could see, like, how bad it is. And then. What? Yeah. It was great. Interesting. I, okay. I thought it was great. I sent it yeah. to my mom. It's my mom, right? So I actually sent it to a few <laughs> friends. Um, I sent it to you, I think. I sent it to Layton. I sent it to Shaq. Because mm-hmm. I know that you guys would be honest. Like, Layton doesn't bullshit. Shaq doesn't bullshit. You don't. You guys are, like, my three no-bullshit friends. Mm. And everyone was like, oh, this is, yeah, when is it coming out? And I'm like, okay. So we yeah. ended up being in a battle for basically all of 2020. And that was really hard for me because I had lost two grandparents. So, like, we're mm. trying to, like, get the footage. So I did get the footage this year. But by the time I got it, it's now been two years because we shot it in 2019. So I was like, do I even want to release it anymore? Mm. And the actors that we hired, they're like, they've moved on. They're like doing other stuff. So I'm just like, I don't even know. Yeah, that's what it happened. I learned a lot. If your other actors have moved on or whatever, like there's been, pro- there's a lot of projects that have sat for so long. Now, is, true. is this a short or is this a short? So how- it's going to be about 15 minutes. How many scenes are in it? I want to say seven or eight okay yeah well i have some time so i guess if i can edit it oh i'm this is recording so i'm gonna hold you yeah to it. yeah no we'll yeah we'll definitely talk after this and then we'll see because like yeah i got some time and like during this trip i'll show you i'll show you what i did i, I oh, put together a short... no um i filmed something before queen's gambit came out so while I, while i was still living on I beach avenue mm-hmm. and no that that was a different one this is this is oh. the next one yeah oh you're like that's a different project yeah. you're okay so i filmed this one before queen's gambit came out and i like i just didn't have i don't want to say i didn't have time i did have time but i just didn't prioritize it and then on the last film I was working on, I was talking with the director and then we were talking about like the up and coming and how he had to go through all this, like the struggles of, of literally sleeping in the editing room because you're just doing it for so long and something like that. I was like, oh yeah, no, I, I also filmed this thing. And then like, he just looked at me and was like, oh, so when does it come out? He's like, oh, I haven't put it together yet. And he's like, why not? <laughs> and then I was, I was just dumbfounded in that situation. I was like, uh, yeah, that's surprisingly a really good question because I didn't have an <laughs> So then 
yeah, on this trip, there was a, a moment where we were stuck waiting for the truck to get repaired. And I just sat down and, and put it all together to, I think I just need to fix a few other tweaks in it. But then, yeah, I got that done. And it's just like, it's just one of those things where it's like, editing for me is, I just need to be into it. I just need to sit down, have some a lot of time and get it done. But then it's like, when I'm in that work mode, the editing work mode, I can get it done pretty fast. So I know we'll talk, but not about what I'm capable of. It's all about what you're capable of. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So with that film, then now you're leading into getting a second film completed yeah. and working on mm-hmm. that what's the time frame with that so you've already you've already written the 10 pages mm-hmm. and then when's the when do you take it to camera that's a really good question so they're i want to say at least mid next year only because celia has got into uh the stratford theater program so she's wow. going to be off in Toronto for yeah she's going to be off in Toronto for two years. So mm-hmm. I do want to like see if there's any legal way to like partially buy the script from her because we work on it together, mm-hmm. and then from there apply for funding and have her still be a part of it, but she'll be in Stratford, and then go from there. Um, so once I kind of legally find out what I had to do to find out how we can both split the script while she's gone, um, apply for funding and then start filming. Mm-hmm. I want to say it's going to take maybe four or five months. Because what we want to do is going to need funding. Like, we're going to need to apply for a grant. Like, the things that we want to do, we're going to have blood. We're going to have, like, it's going to, I want it, we want it to be epic. We want it to be, like, a really cinematic short film and not just something we shot on our iPhone or something, which is not bad. But we really, we believe in the script. I believe in the script. We really want to do it justice. And then the goal from that is to make it into a feature Yes, but the first goal would be to um, send it to film festivals and like hopefully get hype around it. Because I think our idea is so wicked. We touch on so, I'm not trying to boost myself, but we touch on so many uh, social, uh, political things in the short film. And then on top of that, it's funny. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it's relatable. Like, yeah, I just, I think it's good. And it's based in Vancouver. So I think it's, Fair. I think it's good. So yeah. was Celia supposed to be the other actor in it with you? She was, and but gotcha. I highly doubt it's gonna happen because mm. I think when you're in, I might be wrong if she's watching this. I think when you're in Stratford, you have to sign a contract and you can't appear in anything for two years. So, mm. yeah, so we just have to sit down and both of us sign a contract because that's what I learned from my mistake with the other project. I'd met this guy and we had become close, we'd become friends. So we both didn't sign any contracts. We're both like, yeah, we're just doing this together. And yeah. in the end, I had nothing. I had no legal claim to anything. He had all the footage. Everything was in his name because he yeah. um, rented the camera. Even though we paid for things separately, I sent him money. He paid for the camera equipment. Everything was in his name. So I learned the hard way that even if you're working with friends, you have to have a yeah. business mindset. Like yeah. that's something I'll yeah. tell to everyone. You gotta sign, even if it's your best friend, even yeah. if it's your partner, <laughs> I'm sorry. Sign a contract, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Damn. Sorry you went through that. But yeah, like it's, you it's, it's you yeah, it's all that this industry is you gotta just yeah. it, it sucks where it's like, yeah, you kind of have to experience the hardship of it before you learn. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Hmm. Honestly. And I'd rather it happen now. 
I was, uh, how old was I? Like 26, 27 when that happened. Mm-hmm. Now I'm 29. I'd rather that happen then than at 29 turning 30. Like I learned so much from that business wise. I can, ne- it'll, I'll never get fucked over again. It'll never yeah. happen again. I learned yeah. a lot. So, yeah. Well, we're learning. Bad, forward. It- Say again. Pardon? Oh, I said it was bad, but it was good. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's just one of those things where it's just like, it shouldn't have to happen. I get it in terms of having the contract and stuff like that, but it's like with this industry, why, like it's spiteful to just not give the footage. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. I think there's like ulterior motives behind it in a sense where it's like, oh, and you had to pay to get the footage back from him. No, he sent it to his, so I had to sign a contract. That was mm-hmm. the, that's why we went back and forth for a year. So he's like, I'll give it to you for free. He wanted me to sign a contract that if I couldn't make a feature length or a TV series off of it. And I was like, but this is my life story. Then he wanted me to sign a contract that said, um, if I ever entered into any film festivals, he has to have the final sale. It was like all this stuff. And I was like, what? This doesn't make any sense. So let's say this, like, entered into a film festival and CBC sees it. I'm like, oh, we love this idea. We want to make it into a film. He has the right to block it. And I was like, but this is literally my life. Like this white man took my life story and then wanted me to sign a contract that said, I can't do anything else with this story. I was like, hell, are you crazy? So that's why we're going back and forth for so long. It was, yeah. So he was white. (laughs) Yes. God damn I think it. that adds the juice to the story. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and that's what made it a bit more hurtful. Cause I'm like, you literally came on because his his I'm spilling some tea. His partner is black. He's dating a black woman. So he came on with this kind of like guise of like, my girlfriend's black. She's in Vancouver. It's tough for her. I get he got your dumped. story. That's what happened. Is he got dumped? <laughs> no, he's still with her actually. Oh, because I would have been like, yeah. oh, he got dumped, and then it's like, I don't want anything to do with this. <laughs> I mean, I don't, honestly, to this day, I don't really know what happened. Mm. Especially because he's a grown-up. Like, as in, like, he's, like, 35, 36. So when he ghosted me for all those months, I was like, can't you just... I was, I was so confused. I'm like, can't you just tell me, like, hey, man, I don't want to be part of this project. Here's the footage. Go on your way. But he just held on mm. to it for months. It was weird. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. well, so... What was... What was it about him then that was like, okay, because why, let's say, for example, why wouldn't you go to, like, Frank at the time? Because mm-hmm. especially with his affiliations with BDB, where it's like, why wouldn't, why couldn't you get them to be a part of it instead of going to this white guy? <laughs> no, that's, oh. I, 100%, I agree. Um, hmm. My idea was to keep the film kind of like all black and people of color. But when I'd met him, he had come on and said like, I can direct it. I went to school for directing. He was going to edit it. So like all these boxes were being checked off. And it felt like if I went to Frank or Ryan or anyone, they'd have to outsource an editor, outsource a music person. When this guy was like, I can do all of that. And I was, and he was going to be partly DOP. We still hired a DOP, but he was going to help out. So I was like, oh, all these areas are checked off. And it was a non-union film. Um, so I know if I went with them, it'd have to be union. But um, all no, these not boxes... necessarily. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Because even Frank had that. And I was like, oh, you're all unionized. 
Well, that's union for on camera. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. Hmm. Hamza asked the same thing. He's like, why don't you come to us? I'm like, you guys are all unionized. So I no, just figured yeah, like- It's, it's a completely different, completely different union for on camera and off camera. I had no yeah. idea. Yeah. Well, now I'm unionized, so hey. But yeah, um, I just felt like this one guy is going to check off five boxes. Fuck yeah. And he's a writer as well. Because I can write, but I'm not confident. So he took my ideas and then made it into a scene. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, I just felt like I hit the jackpot. Um, but kind of, <laughs> I was going to make a bad joke. Never mind. <laughs> but honestly, looking back on it, I learned a lot. Um, mm. and, to the, and I was mad at that guy for so long. And yeah. now we're talking, we're going back and forth through email, trying to get footage and stuff. And now I have, I just feel... I feel nothing. I'm just, just like, wow, like I've grown so much. Wow. Yeah, yeah, fair. Awesome. And we'll be right back after this short message. But in the meantime, don't forget to connect with us on our Instagram at playon2013 and tell us what you think about the show. Do you like mangoes? <laughs> of course you do. And if you don't, well, I'm sure there's a high chance you might know someone who does. Well, the Two Degrees Podcast is sponsored by Peeled Fruit. No, not just random fruit that's been peeled, but the children's book about a mother's love language of peeling mango for her baby. Available for delivery on bookbaby.com, bookshop.org, Barnes & Noble, Powell's, and Amazon, just to name a few of the retailers. It even ships worldwide. Check out at peeled fruit book on instagram for more information on how to get your copy of this heartwarming story peeled fruit illustrated by rhoda domingo now back to the show well considering that like what's the journey been for you in regards to being confident with your writing abilities from you first moving to Vancouver like how did how did you feel that you've grown how do you feel that you've grown into this voice uh, such a good question I don't think I've grown I don't I didn't think wow oh my gosh I'm getting emotional I didn't start growing until 2020 hmm. uh, I had the, like everyone else I'm sure we had I had the whole year off I was um on EI and sir because my the restaurant I worked at closed down and I just did a lot of self-reflection and I, I just did, I read a lot of self-help books and I just started becoming more confident in myself. And it just took me really sitting down for one year, figuring out what I can change about myself. Cause I'm not perfect. Obviously there's so many things I can change. I can be a better friend, a better daughter, a better, you know, auntie. And I was just trying to figure out what I need to do to get to where I want to go. And I just started working on it that whole year. And the main thing was my confidence. I, I don't know if you know this. Hopefully, I don't know. Maybe not. I just had super low self-esteem mm. in every single aspect of my life. When it came to relationships, if a guy liked me, I'm like, oh, he only likes me because I have a big butt. And he doesn't really like it. That was my mentality. I just being honest. Yeah. Um, or if I got an audition and it was like a lead role or if it was like serious. Wait, hold on. Wait, I just want to point out where it's like, that's, that's, a, that's very ironic to have low self-esteem, but at the same time, say that you got a big butt. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but it's true, I do. 
but it's like it's like oh my self-esteem is so low but my ass is popping yeah, i mean that's how i felt for so long i'm like he probably just wants to sleep with me because i have a big mm. like that was just my 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 go-to he doesn't really like me mm. and then when it came to acting if i got a big audition i'm like they're not gonna cast me they're gonna cast like some american girl I'll bring her in um just every area of my life I was just not confident and I just started work on working on it bit by bit by bit I actually um let go of a lot of friendships mm. and it's I I encourage everyone to let go of toxic friendships uh not everyone no I'm being so not everyone doesn't well, like to your- with, with respect to that like define toxic how can you identify if you're in this friendship and let's say because it's unfortunate where people find themselves in toxic friendships, but they don't know it. So what are, what are some of the signs to help see who is toxic? For a big one for me was jealousy. So I had a few actor friends that were like, we were very close and the energy they gave me whenever I booked something was like so dark, like, Oh, is it principal? Is it actor? How long are you on set for? Who's the director? Oh, it's Hallmark. Oh, okay. Oh, it's not Netflix. And then if my friends mm-hmm. book something, I'm like, oh my God, turn up. You, you're going to be on set. Like, I just started realizing that like the energy was so different. Um, even asking for help, the energy for self-tapes, everything, the energy was very different. And I just started noticing like little things. And I was like, mm-hmm. mm, you're still my friend, but you're now an acquaintance. Like you're not going to be my go-to girlfriend to run to. And also like another toxic trait, um, how do I say this? I just feel like sometimes with girls, if you don't talk to them every day, they're like, oh, she's mad at me. And I'm like, I'm just <laughs> trying to pay my rent. So I did mm. have a friendship where um, I kind of like stopped talking to her, her every day. And she'd be like, oh, you're mad at me? And I'm like, well, I'm trying to pay rent. I work in a warehouse. I'm working from 10 to four. I'm mm. lifting boxes. Like I'm tired. And that's the thing I didn't like. We're like, if I didn't talk to her every day or if I talked to her once a week, she was like, you're mad at me. And I was like, I don't, I don't like that. Not that it was toxic. It was just annoying. It's like little things like that. I'm just like, yeah, we could just, we can cool off. And then yeah. Yeah. That's, there's a few other things, but yeah. Letting go of toxic friendship boosted my self-confidence a lot. Cause whatever you have in your ear, they kind of like influence your mentality. They influence your confidence. Even like if people around you aren't cheering for you and they're like in your ear, Mm. you're not going to cheer for yourself that's what I believe I didn't have anyone say that one more time uh if you're not having anyone in your ear cheering for you I feel like you won't be as confident for yourself either not that you need Mm. outside of praise not saying that but you need one or two people to be like yeah man you got it good job keep going you need that and I felt like there's a lot of jealousy there's a lot of jealousy and to me Vancouver is a city that's filled with opportunities so if I book something, you're going to book something. We're in like a winning circle. Mm-hmm. And some people didn't have that mentality. It was like, oh, you booked it? It was like, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You're next, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then, so that, and then 2020 comes along. And how did the voice grow? How did it? I, uh, it sounds kind of like, you know, spiritual and you know but mm. i just started listening to my gut more i always mm. had these feelings of your um what do you call it not intentions uh your inner voice mm-hmm. i never listened to it i never listened to it like my inner voice would be like oh like don't like even with the short film i had a thought from the very beginning like not to move forward with it 
And my main thought was like, just buy the script from this guy, because he wrote it, buy the script from him, and then do your own thing. And I talked to other people like, no, just stick with him, da da da. So because I listened to other people, I didn't listen to myself, all this other shit happened. I had to hire a lawyer, all that stuff. So I was like, oh, let wow. me just start. Yeah, I was like, let me just start listening to myself, because I know what's up. I know how I feel. I know like my gut feelings and stuff. So I just started listening to my voice, to my my gut. Mm. listening to my inner voice like that's the big thing you know what's right your gut tells you if something's off you know when you're in a dark room your gut will tell you no take turn around you know mm. always listen to that you're, you're always like your gut is always or your inner voice is always talking to you and I always ignored it. I'd be like I'd always go to other people for advice I'd be like what do you think about this what do you <laughs> think about this and in 2020 I was like no Mm -hmm. What do I think about this? And I think that's what helped me grow my voice because I became more confident in myself. And then I think that in turn led to like boost my confidence in other areas. Okay. If, that, if I nice. explain that. Yeah. yeah. So now you have this voice. Now, yes. <laughs> um, do you see yourself then branching off into becoming a writer or a director or is your main focus still acting? Another great question. I think for right now, my main focus is going to be acting because I believe that once I, you know, book these roles and I'm able to get more money, I can then put funds into getting my ideas made. So hmm. in the future, I would love to be a director, like really do, like a director. And I would love to be on, on a writing team, like kind of like Issa Rae. I don't want right. to copy her, but like, like Issa Rae. Yeah. But I do know I need money for that. So right now, yeah. acting is still a big path, is my main passion. My goal is to keep booking, uh, growing in that area and learning. Because when you're on set, I'm always watching the director. I'm always watching the TOP. Like, so that's, I'm learning. I feel like I'm in school. So mm -hmm. I'm always learning. And then I want to say in the future, like, let's say four or five years, I want to be like fully in the entertainment industry, like fully writing, fully directing, fully acting. But for right now, my main focus is acting and then mm -hmm. taking that money and using it for my little short films and whatnot. Cause yeah. everyone's like, just take out your camera and film stuff. It's mm. like, yeah, but you can also do a really dope production if you yeah. save your money. That's what I want to do. Sweet, fun. Now, in the meantime, because as all up and coming actors have to do who are in less fortunate positions where we don't have mommy and daddy's money in our pocket mm -hmm. so you are uh, have probably one of my favorite part-time jobs because oh. i get free stuff from it <laughs> my boss is watching this like what free <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i get stuff from it of course by um they're just samples <laughs> <laughs> fairly large samples <laughs> so oh it's gosh. like tell CMOS and what what's the other the tea what was that one you gave me the gully root oh yeah gully root yeah it's a really good one that's talk, that's my favorite talk to one. me about CMOS and gully root what is like how did you get into it what do you use it for how do you use it and how can people get into that oh, wow nice um oh. So I work at a company called Rich Soul Foods and they get CMOS and all their herbal products from St. Lucia. And a friend had recommended I get it because I was having like, you know, migraines and little back pains. And they're like, oh, just get CMOS and 
you put it in your smoothies or you can actually use it as a facial mask. So many things you can do. So I actually bought CMOS and then I met the owner, Akeem, and a couple months later I was working there. Uh, but basically CMOS is, I think you need, your body needs 102 minerals to survive, minerals and vitamins, and CMOS has something like 99. So it's, I'm, I might be wrong, please Google it. Um, but it's very nutritious for you. You can add it to your stews, your smoothies. It boosts your energy. If you are low in iron, it boosts your iron. It's really great for a woman. If it's your time of the month, you start taking it a week before and it boosts your, um, your iron levels and your magnesium levels. And it just makes your monthly flow less painful. Also, he has a bunch of teas. So back in the days, like in the Caribbean, all our grandparents and our, even probably the Philippines even as well, our grandparents and our great grandparents, they didn't really take Tylenol, they just took teas. So he's going back to that. Um, so when you have a, um, gullet root is mainly for inflammation. So sinus, sinusitis, um, allergies, or if you're getting a cold, you just take a gullet root and you boil it and you drink the water. And I actually feel a difference. I know some people are like, oh, it's a herb. No, I actually really feel a difference. So each uh, plant is for different parts of your body. Gullet root is, would be for your chest and your sinuses. Uh, St. John's bush is a womb cleanser. Again, another great thing for women. Uh, blue vervain helps you sleep. Um, he has a bunch of teas and it's all good for different things. Um, sweet bay leaf actually is great. And it's also good for men erection. I, I didn't know that. So I'm getting some sweet bay leaf for some, some friends this year for Christmas. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, each tea has are a different... Are you though? Are you kidding? <laughs> it tastes great! Um, what tastes yeah. great? <laughs> Sorry? What tastes great? The tea. Got Sweet you. Bailey. Oh, mm -hmm. not what it yeah. does. Got you. Both are great. <laughs> um, so each tea is good for uh, a different part of your body. And hmm. I got really lucky with that job because every job I had as an actor you tell them, hopefully in the interview, I'm an actor, and they tell you, oh, you can go for whatever audition you want, and there's so, I've mm -hmm. got a lot of job interviews, so I'm like, I'm an actor, and like, oh, amazing, our bartender's an actor, yeah, we'd love to hire you, and when I get an audition, they're like, oh, no, you can't leave, so mm -hmm. like, every yeah. job I've had, I'm like, I told you I was an actor, even one time I booked, I booked the Bubbly commercial with Michael Bublé, which was amazing, and the day that it was filming, I had found out, let's say three days earlier and the schedule was made. And they're like, oh, you're scheduled. So you have to come in on Wednesday. And I was like, I don't think you guys get it. I booked a commercial. <laughs> and they're like, you got to cover your shift. So I was like trying to cover my shift. No one wanted to take it. It was like a Wednesday night shift. And I just had to like be a no-show. Mm. You, you got to do what you got to do because I booked a commercial. Um, yeah. And with this job, Akeem, he's quite young. He's 32, I believe. And he runs the company. And um, whenever I have an audition, whenever I have a anything, he's like, you go. It was, cool. It's yeah. never been a problem. And this is the only job. I'm 29. This is the only I started working at 14. Well, let's say 18. I didn't start auditioning until 18. This is the only job I've ever had where he's like, or the boss, like, yeah, go. You have to, you're going to be Victoria for a week. Oh, yeah, go. Like, I'm so blessed. So really thankful. Really, really thankful. I work in a warehouse. So it's not glamorous. I have to lift boxes and ship stuff, but the flexibility and it lets me still chase my dreams. I wouldn't give it up for the world. Man, that's I what it's all about, after. though, where it's just like mm -hmm. finding a job that allows you that flexibility. Mm -hmm. like, it's rare. Yeah. 
I, f- I found a job one time where it was a it was the graveyard shift. It was at a grocery store, and I thought it was the perfect job because it's midnight and I'm I don't have to do auditions and stuff there. And then I got fired because they thought that I wasn't working hard enough. I got fired on my birthday. Screw Loblaws. Loblaws can bite it. And I say that with... anyways. What? Uh, like, what even is a Loblaw? La- more, They're not more like Uber. More like blah blah <laughs> A dad joke. A classic dad joke. That's yep. funny. Boom, boom. That's what I got to start mixing in here. A dad joke. Just to yeah, you should start up at the top. A dad joke a day. Yeah, that'll be fun. I think that'll be the new, <laughs> the new calling to set. set You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. Sweet. Awesome, fun though. Oh my god, like I'm, I'm excited for, for this new project, this new horror comedy. That's also another thing I wanted to. So you say it's a horror, but at the same time, it's a comedy. Mm-hmm. Are you a fan of horror? I am. Yeah. So I'm, sorry. Let me reframe that. I'm more of a fan of suspense than horror hmm. like I'd rather see a psychological thriller where someone yeah. is like trying to get them blood and gore but I am gotcha. a fan of that genre so then what what's your favorite horror movie it's an old movie like from the early 2000s it's called Motel 8 um, okay I have a story about that I, I don't know have you heard of it yeah okay that movie fucking scarred me um so my dad he's awesome but he has no like concept of what kids should and shouldn't watch. So when I was 10, he let us watch Motel 8 mm. and it truly scarred. It was, a, it's a great movie, but it truly scarred me as a kid. I like, think, no I think there was, I think there's rumors where there was a ghost on set. For I that believe movie. that that movie yeah. was terrifying. Um, but I would say that's my favorite movie because to this day, like it's a twist ending too. Yeah. Uh, I'll say it. The, at the end of the movie, um, the kid is the killer. The kid is the one that's killing everyone. Hmm. It was very horrifying. Um, but yeah, that's my favorite movie because of how scared I was. And to this day, like, I watch it kind of like, ooh, ooh, even though I know it's going to happen. But yeah, hmm. it would be Motel 8. So yeah. then that was a horror. Mm-hmm. Now with your movie, because like the reason why I'm asking is because I'm, I'm, I'm particular with the the term horror i am i don't really do horror but there's a lot of horror movies nowadays that come out where i'll i'll gladly watch it because it's not really horror Mm -hmm. so i'm just being i'm just being what's the word critical here Mm -hmm. it's like is it a horror where i'm gonna have to cower my eyes or is it like it's a it's a thriller then a thriller comedy I guess we labeled it horror because there's blood in it. So automatically we're like horror. But now that Mm. I do talk it out with you and I'm fleshing it out, I would say it's a thriller actually. Yeah. Because I won't, never mind. Yeah. But it was more of a thriller. But I assume because there's blood and like, you know, stabbing. I'm like horror. But now that we talk about it, I'm like, ah, thriller actually. Yeah, you're right. Because like, I think, I think that discussion started coming out when Saw first came out. Right it first came out as a horror and then people were talking about it and it's like it's not really a horror because there's no there's no scare factor to it it's all just gross it's very grotesque and yeah there's just like that talk and then now you have Jordan Peele coming out 
with uh, his <gasps> right. great work and it's like he's trying to classify it as horror but then in reality they're just psychological thrillers and uh, with a lot of social commentary involved and then there was that big um i think it was for uh, i can't remember what award it was going for but then there was a lot of upset that it was classified as a comedy and not a horror and get out like, yeah oh wow yeah. i and that was for the oscars i'm pretty sure yeah where it was like in, in a category that nobody expected it to be in yeah i'm pretty sure that was the oscars and then it's just like it's it's just interesting how they they classify these things and then after that and then i saw us and then i saw um what was the last one um candy man oh yeah and it's like have, have you seen that one i did i i was mediocre i thought it was mediocre i thought it was good but it had the potential to be great what did what perspective did you watch it in like were you expecting a horror I was expecting a horror and I was expecting a more fleshed out story. I found that the story wasn't fleshed out. I found that the main point of the story was that like he's black and the cops are racist. And I was like, we, okay, like, sure. I just felt like everything was, and obviously I'm black, but I just felt like the movie was trying to, it was kind of like a white guilt movie. If that white makes sense. guilt movie. As in like, I feel like the movie was for white people in the sense of like they're showing what it's like to be a black man and no, that's the argument. thing is like it was it was a horror for the white people, but then like from the perspective I was watching it, I was like, okay, cool, it's it's the white people that are getting killed, and mm. then the social commentary behind the fact that like the whole chanting of say my name, and then when mm. Trayvon Martin, um, everybody's like getting like just the recognition of just say Trayvon's name and respect his name and then yeah white people didn't want to say his name so then it's like it, it comes full circle where it's like white people don't want to say Candyman because they think mm -hmm. that if they do they're gonna get killed you mm -hmm. know what I mean so it's like I was I was able to watch that with full attention because mm -hmm. I'm watching from a perspective of it's like white people just don't want to acknowledge the name white people just see you know color people chanting and they're not understanding it and they they mock it and make fun of it when they want to try it and it's like so even with that where it's like it's no longer a horror so much as it is social commentary for understanding and it's just like so then for me I'm watching it it's like because with the purpose of you making your movie where it's like tired of black people dying first well it's like yeah white people are dying in this that's great i'm enjoying this <laughs> sorry yeah, oh, yeah that was... i'm not <laughs> okay i'm done with that um yeah i thought it was a great movie i did think it could be better i thought mm. it could be more fleshed out i didn't love the ending mm. and i just felt like i think the movie really? ran for oh i love the ending I didn't love it. <laughs> I just felt like, uh, spoiler alert, the main guy, Yaya, uh, he, he dies. And I just felt like they didn't flesh out his character enough for me to care. I did care, yeah. obviously, but I was like, I didn't like, I don't know. And then the twist with the laundry Cause guy. because he didn't have his shirt off. <laughs> what do you think I am? 
I I watch it for the art. Mm-hmm. For the gotcha. art. Just um, like you promote sweet bay leaf for the mm-hmm. flavor. Yeah, it's great for men and women, mainly men. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, 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 good, good to know. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. Hmm. But I just felt like it leaned more on what you said, social commentary. And I was like, yeah. eh, I was expecting something different. That's where it's like, it's, it's pulling away from the genre of horror and moving mm-hmm. into the psychological thrillers. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Still a good movie. Give it about an yeah. 8 out of 10. That's still a good score. Yeah. Fun. So anything else you up to? What's what's new in the world of Korean? Um, I would say wrapping up this year on a high note, um, auditioning. I have lots of, well, every, as you know, uh, very, very busy. I have lots of auditionings going out before the new year ends. Mm. Um, my goal is to start being seen regularly or start being submitted regularly as a series regular series whatever and mm. above because for a long time my agent was just um submitting me for principal and actor and it definitely hurt my ego a bit so i'm like i can i can do a lead i, I could do a series you know of uh, principal or whatever and her goal was to grow me and to mm. make the casting directors trust me so she had a goal she had you know, an intention and we're finally at the place in our relationship where she believes the casting directors trust me now to go out for bigger roles and those roles are coming in nice. and it's a blessing. So now my eyes are set on, cause I feel like I want them to be like, you know, coffee, but I can book an actor role in my sleep. Like I know how to break it down. I know how to have a beginning beat ending beat. I know how to have maybe a button at the end. Like I just, you, you get into the groove. So now I'm ready for this new challenge. Um, so my eyes are set on, being seen as like kind of like you in a way like you only go out for series regular you know all that jazz i want to have the casting directors trust because they have to trust you in order to put your tape past you know the director the producer and i want to grow their trust um i came to vancouver very green if we if god i hope they burn it but if we watch my first year of auditioning horrible (laughs) horrible horrible do you still have them no because at that time we're going in the room Oh, but like there, was still, like, there were still self-tapes and stuff back in the day. Um, I have a few that, Hamza has a few from like 2018 where like I was filming something that was filming in Calgary. I was mm. taping something that was filming in Calgary. I have those. Yeah. Horrible. Horrible. Just and like, the thing was, I'm a good actor. Yeah. Horrible auditioner. Now mm. I'm great. Now I'm good at it. But acting and auditioning, completely different skill set. And I had to learn that here. So... With your trajectory in regards to you starting and you being a horrible auditioner and now you, you're, you're confident with your auditioning, did you fall in love with going in the room? Do you miss the room? Are you happy it's no longer in the room? What's your position? That's such a good question. I think I'm 50-50 because when you're in the room, you get the, let's say you see the scene one way and the casting director's like, that's great. But I know the director's really looking for this. So you can get that feedback. You can actually flip your audition. That's happened to me where I went into the room with Tiffany Mack, who I fucking love. <laughs> and I did an audition one way and she was like, that was great. But I know the director's really looking for like this type of person. And she coached me. She gave me three takes in total. Um, and I ended up booking that role because hmm. of, I got her 
in-room um, feedback. There's a name for it. I can't remember yeah. right now. Direct. Um, redirect. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Of the redirect. I got the in-room redirect. Auditions can be scary. I've gone into, you know, um, director sessions and whatnot, freaking nervous. And they want you to be great, but your nerves are still, you know, they want you to mm. be the one. But in my mind, I'm like, this is so, there's 10 people in the room. Oh my God. At mm. least with self-tapes, you can do five, six takes, watch the best one, submit it. I try not to do more than five because I think that's not setting myself up for success. But I do think it's a level of ease with self-taping. So that's why I say I'm 50-50. Mm. Um, my nerves are gone. I'm not nervous at all self-taping. Um, but then I don't get that redirect. And I wonder, with all these auditions I submit, I'm like, what if I had that one redirect? Would that have changed my audition? Because mm. they can't email 10 people be like, hey, that was great. Can you try it again now with this? They just have to go with what's the best, I feel like. So yeah. that's why I'm 50-50. Fair. Hmm. So then when was the last time that you said, I wish I was in the room? Hasn't happened, has it? <laughs> no, it has. Book the room. No, I'm joking. I love the room. I miss the room. I genuinely miss the I room. I do miss the room. I would say there's this role that came out for this new comedy that's filming in Vancouver next year. Mm. And it's going to, I think it's going to be, I read the script. I think it's going to be a really great comedy. And Tiffany Mack is actually uh, casting it. And I feel like I did a good audition, but maybe because comedy is hard, in my opinion. Mm. Comedy, you really have to hit those beats. You really have to get the tone. Yeah. And because it's a pilot, I don't know the tone. I just see what's on the script. So I submitted the audition. I do think it was strong, but I feel like if I was in the room and I can talk to her maybe a little bit, maybe for 30 seconds, mm. um, maybe that would have been great for me, but I just have to leave it at that. I think that audition, because I really want that role. It would be a series reoccurring. I'd be playing, a, this, the role is so cool. This really cool teacher um yeah I'm at that age where I'm playing a teacher now um but yeah a role like that that would I would have loved redirect I would have loved to be in the room for that fair well time's changing yeah gotta get used to it <laughs> ah! what about you are you still auditioning while you're on the road yeah can yeah. you yeah. oh dope yeah um Monique helps me out with uh she's my reader oh, for all, all my things and uh Monique, yeah, you better get your 15%. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's getting <laughs> more than oh! 15%. Okay, you go, girl. <laughs> you get your hustle on. Yeah, if he books, you get that 15% too, girl. <laughs> why Why you got to say that? Why she can hear I'm you. just trying to help a sister <laughs> out. Trying to help her. Awesome. But uh, no, yeah, it's, 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 this has been... It's been it's been fun because like I don't have to um, I'm not too stressed when it comes to the tapes in regards to this truck is giving me so much more to focus on so it really helps me let go of those auditions as soon as I'm done them <laughs> so that's its own little blessing so hard to do. yeah you, so. you don't you don't really want to dwell on on those auditions just because it's just going to give you a headache but then knowing that I have to find water and fill up my water tank and and do all that stuff and make sure that 
truck is working properly and it's going to rain today. So I have to make sure that like I cover up the generator as soon as I'm done with it, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So doing that and then, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really fun. And then she helps me run lines while we're driving. As oh, well. wow. Yeah. So it's, it's, you're like multitasking. Got a, wow. got a system here and hopefully one of these auditions will stick. And Amen. yeah, like the goal is to like book something and then roll up to set in this oh and then this will be my trailer slash oh yeah that's pretty cool imagine them knocking xavier yeah we're ready for you yeah yeah that's the goal um but no kareem this was really fun and and so happy that you came out and i hope to well however long this podcast goes forward love to hear about you know what you do with the film and if it enters festivals if you end up winning awards for it because you know you never know you never know thank you so much thank you for having me honestly i was so shocked when you asked me i'm like really me i'm just like okay thank you so um yeah it was an honor i was really surprised when you asked me so i'm excited to be here I'm excited to have gotten to talk to you and catch up. And yeah, I really appreciate you highlighting your friends. I think that's dope, man. I think that's really cool. So thank you. Try my you. best. Try my best. Yeah. No, I think that's <laughs> awesome. And one thing I want to say about auditioning. Um, you're a great auditioner. I remember when you're filming at Hamza's house and you're filming, I think it was like, are you scared of the dark? It was like the shop clerk role. And you came in, you had your intentions and you did each scene like twice every time we did the scene over it was like better and it was just like so free you don't have to add this to the podcast but I just want to say like you're a great auditioner and I've learned from you honestly um when I saw you do that audition I was like wait this man is like living this man is like living like from line to line I don't know I felt like I was a good auditioner but then seeing you audition I'm like oh shit like this is what it this is what this is the level you have to be at to like book book no i'm being honest like seeing you auditioning i was like oh you're free you're free free and you had like this accent and i was like oh i need to step my game up so i just want to say that you are a good teacher and other people are watching you even when you don't think they're watching other people are watching you thank you so much you're welcome that's a fun way to end this wait one more thing Remember, so actually that same day, I was filming with Hamza, and you would come in early, and you're like, oh, could, do you mind if I just sit, and you watch my audition, and while I was auditioning, you were like giving me notes, I was a nurse, and you're like, oh, do this, you know, put your hands up, you know, because like a person died, do this, and you're giving me these notes, and I booked that role, so, uh, oh, thank you, yeah, sweet, fun, yeah. nice, which, uh, yeah. which show was that one? It was for Virgin River, this was like last year, this yeah, was yeah, literally- yeah may of 2020 it was the first booking out of the pandemic so you had like you're like yeah do this do this do this and you're like oh am i saying too much i'm like no tell me so i booked the role and then when we went on set there was a real nurse there and she's Mm -hmm. like okay like do this and do this and do this and the director's like no she knows what to do and i was like (laughs) so yeah um thank you for that as well i got my my first booking out of the pandemic thanks to you and hamza yeah all you man that's all you 
just you you take the redirects and you you run with them so that's that's what it's all about so i want to be in the room again yeah that's fair <laughs> thank you but uh yeah everybody the two degrees podcast brought to you by play on foundation once again kareen burkett thank you for coming and right now we are in louisiana who knows where the next episode will be but uh yeah stay tuned Thank you all for tuning in. Artwork by Monique Lizardo. Music by Cade Cole. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, subscribe, share, tag us, whatever all the fun things people do when they like something. But most importantly, check out www.letsplayon.org for the Play On Foundation and lend your voice in bringing awareness to the neurological research for brain aneurysm detection and prevention. My name's Chavi. See you next time on the Two Degrees Podcast.